Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. The Lord has said to us that we're entering a season that's going to require that we walk by faith. And that's because there are things that are coming uh, that are going to require faith. Amen. You know, and and I might say this just before we get into what we want to talk about. Um, You know, you can't get sidetracked by things. Uh, You know, what's going on in the world, what happens in the world. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and and they said... uh, yeah, did you see this interview with so-and-so? And I just kind of looked at him kind of funny. And they said, oh, I forgot. You don't watch that kind of stuff. Well, it's, I'm not against the news or anything of that nature, but I don't have time for it. I, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, I've got so much to do with what God's asked us to do. I don't, I don't have time to sit around and worry about what's going on in the world. The world's the world. Wicked politicians are wicked politicians. It shouldn't surprise you that politicians that don't have no godliness are trying to do the things they're doing. I, I, I run into Christians, they're like, can you believe that? Yeah, I can. They're sinners. I can believe it. Right? Amen. That, that's like, some of y'all know sinner people. And, and, and their life is so foreign to you but it's easy to understand why they would do it because they're sinners. They don't think like us. They, 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 have, the, they, they, they have no, no code of conduct from the Word of God. Paul told Timothy, I was, I was uh, going to the Lord about some things one day in the government, and Paul told Timothy, he said, but here's what I know. He said, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Right? The Greek means they'll go from bad to worse. So as bad as you see some people, that's not as bad as it's going to be. You know what he said next? But you continue in the things you've learned. Isn't that good news? All I got to do is continue. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Yeah, but they're, they're they're, they're going to try to make things hard on Christians. They've been trying to make things hard on Christians for millennia. Ever since the day of Pentecost, they've been trying to make things hard on Christians. And you know what keeps happening? The church keeps growing. People keep getting saved. People keep getting set free. Why? You can't stop the church. The more pressure you put on the church, the greater the church becomes. Why? Because the church will always rise to the level of the pressure that's put on it. Always. And you need to recognize something. I'm just saying this by the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, it says that that Herod reached out and vexed some in the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the people, he took Peter and put him in prison and was going to kill him the next day. And you remember the, the, the great deliverance that Peter experienced. You remember what happened at the end of that chapter? It says that they fell on a day that Herod made a speech, and the people said, it's the, vo- it's the voice of a God and not of a man. 
and it said the angel of the Lord was standing beside him and struck him because he didn't give God the glory and he was eaten of worms and died. Is that right? You know what the next verse says? But the church grew mightily and prospered. Amen. I was reading that one day and the Lord said, look, the one that tried to stop the church died, but the church grew and prospered. Don't worry about those people that are bad-mouthing the church and trying to make things hard on the church. Their end is closer than anybody thinks. Closer than anybody thinks. Hallelujah. You can't stop the church. No way you can stop the church. You can't stop it. They've tried over the years. They've tried to kill it. They've tried to outlaw it. They've tried to make it illegal. And it just grows and thrives and prospers. Why? Because we were bought by the blood of Jesus. The life of God is in the church. You can't stop something that has the life of God in it. I don't care what you, you can't legislate the death of the church. You can't do it because the church is alive and well. It is a change agent in the earth. They've been trying in communist China to kill the church for hundreds of years. And there are at, 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 at the last records, there are over a thousand people a week getting born again in communist China. There's a revival in Iran. Hallelujah. Can't stop the church. Amen. You, you try and God will stop you. That's just, am I right? I'm not preaching this, but hear me. In the book of Acts chapter 9, Paul's on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. And Jesus showed up and said, why are you persecuting me? Is that right or wrong? Right? And, and, and that wasn't a little tap. How you doing? Why are you persecuting me? That was Paul's on his face on the ground. Why are you persecuting me? Hallelujah. He'll give them a chance. See, Jesus wasn't showing up just to be nice. You're going to respond correctly or this is over. I'm done with you persecuting the church. Hallelujah. And what the church has to do is rise to the occasion and show the power of God and show the manifested goodness of God, because that, that's what the world's looking for. Amen. And that's us. So I, I, I've had people actually basically say, well, how can you be so upbeat with all that's going on in the world? Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm supposed to lose my victory because the world's being the world? Amen. I mean, what about all the victories we've seen? Didn't Roe v. Wade get overturned? Hadn't there been victory after victory? And, and somehow you don't hear that from the pulpit. You hear about how bad things are. You hear about how the church is dropping the ball. I don't know about you, but I'm part of the church and I'm not dropping the ball. I don't fumble. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to pray the way God told me to pray. And I'm going to leave the rest of it to Him. Amen. Now I'll finish this little sermonette with this Paul said in 2 Timothy and you know the verse he said to pray for kings and all that were in authority if you, if you know history most of the kings that Paul was talking about were not believers it was very rare to have a godly monarch 
a godly king, a godly Caesar. And notice what Paul never said. He never said protest. Pray. He said pray. You follow me? Paul never ran for office. I'm going to run for mayor, try to turn this thing around. No. He said the best thing I can do is preach the gospel. Now, I'm not against godly people in government, but understand what I'm saying. God doesn't want you quitting your ministry and go take a politician job. The job of the church is to pray the way God said to pray, and God will do what he said. Amen? So, with that in mind, two for one tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, familiar passage of Scripture. He said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We regulate our lives by faith, not by something seen. Uh, the Amplified Bible says, it says, we conduct ourselves by our conviction, not by something seen. And uh, then Hebrews 11, 1, we've looked at it several times. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. And we've talked about that word, faith, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, uh, conviction based upon hearing or being convinced that something's true. And then he said that faith, that conviction based upon hearing is the substance or the foundation or the substructure of things set under, the substance of things hoped for, the picture that you have, the evidence or the proof of things not seen. And so we'll say it over and over again. So the proof is not in the end result. The proof is in the believing. I received when I believed. Amen. Do you, do you see that? that? That's so key because that's part of walking by faith. And, and, and we've made the statement over this series that a lot of people feel walking by faith is just not paying attention to what they see. That's part of it, but it's not the whole. If you try to make that the whole, you get into denial. Because there's times you, you can't avoid what's seen. You can't avoid what's felt. Right? But it doesn't change your faith. Amen. Amen. We, we quoted the scripture last week in, in the translation where it said, it said that Abraham paid clear attention to his body, but it didn't move him. Right? Because he could, he, there, there was nothing else he could do. When he got up every morning, he was 99 or 100 years old. His body was dead. Sarah's body was dead. Amen. Do, do you see that? And, 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 and the reason they knew their bodies were dead was they was trying to have a baby. And their bodies were dead. So they, they knew that. It was, it was obvious. But the Bible says that Abraham was strengthened, made strong in his faith as he glorified God. So every day he got up and he saw that same picture and he saw it, but he came against it with his faith. He came against it with his picture. Every he hoped against hope. 
and right in other words he he took the picture of god instead of the picture of what he could see that's walking by faith amen we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written i have believed therefore have i spoken we also believe and therefore speak verse 18 while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things that are seen are temporal but the things that are not seen are eternal the picture God gave you is the eternal picture. It has the eternal life of God on the inside of it. What you're currently seeing in the natural is temporary at best. And you can't afford to allow your faith to be moved by something that's temporary. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but I'm dealing with this in my body. It's temporary. It's temporary. Don't. don't amen. Don't, don't, don't build a house in a temporary place. Get up every morning and come against that. Get up every morning and come against that with the picture that God gave you. That's regulating your life by faith. Some people think regulating their life by faith is not going to the doctor. That's called fear. You understand? Some people think regulating their life by faith is if they go to the doctor and they get a bad report. I don't believe that. I don't receive that. No, no, that's not right. It's right. They found it. It's right. Don't let it weaken your faith. You understand? I'm not telling you to receive the report into your heart and make that your truth. What I'm saying is if you go to the doctor and they say, look, we found a spot on your lung. Amen. Now, do you have victory over cancer? Of course you do. But it doesn't do you any good to go, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. Well, receive it or not, dear heart, it's there. What I got to do is exercise my faith. Faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. It's the proof of the thing I can't see. If they find something in my body, what's the proof of the thing I can't see? I can't see that gone in the natural, but I can see that gone in the spirit. Amen. And Abraham, instead of saying, I don't receive this dead body, I don't claim that. No, that's not right. He said, in spite of my dead body, Father, I glorify you because I'm the father of many nations. I magnify you for that son that's going to be born out of my body and, and through Sarah's womb. I thank you, Father. She's dead. She's been barren. She's still not, she's still not alive physically. But Father, I thank you that that's what's going to happen. He never let the circumstance move his faith that's walking by faith and people get under condemnation because they got to go to the doctor or take a treatment and and hear me if you're under condemnation you're not in faith because what comes with faith peace and joy what comes with condemnation and shame ha 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 sadness Depression. Amen. Oh, I thought God was going to heal me. Oh, He did. He did. You, you have to receive it. See, you, do you understand that? That's where people miss it in walking by faith. They think because they got a bad report means they're not healed. No, you were healed when you went there. You were healed in spite of the bad report. Don't let, don't let the bad report stop you from believing what you are. I am healed. I am blessed. I am prosperous. Yeah, but they found this means nothing. They found it on a healed man. 
They found it in a healed body. Yeah, but that proves I'm not healed. No, it doesn't. It proves it's trying to take your health. And your faith will drive it out. Oh, glory to God. Do, do, do you see this? Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews 10. Oh, there's a lot there. Uh-huh. See, that, that's the key. And, and this is what we're going to look at a little bit tonight. Is, uh, uh, you know, somebody will, somebody, will, somebody will go to the doctor and they'll say, I want you to believe with me about this. Well, okay. And, and they'll, go, they'll just go upbeat and then they'll go to the doctor and they'll hear something they didn't want to hear. And it's like it changed something. Well, it didn't change what you were. Right? You're healed. Well, why do I know I'm healed? Because he said, with his stripes, you are healed, Isaiah 53. And then he said in 1 Peter chapter uh, 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 2, he said, with his stripes, you were healed. And Matthew 8 says that Jesus bore our sicknesses and our diseases, and with his stripes, you were healed. If I was, I am. And if I am, it means I was. See, it's, it's, that's, 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 you use your faith on the front end. You, I say you use your faith on the front end. That's why it's important that you spend time getting convinced. And then when the, when the challenge shows up, it doesn't affect your faith. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, but they said, I have sugar diabetes. Okay. They found it in a healed body. Amen. The, the spirit life of 1 Peter 2.24 will drive that out of your body. But I, I've got to keep that picture. Well, what if I have to take insulin? What if, then when you're taking insulin, you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you my insulin levels are normal. Thank you that I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you that my sugar level is normal in the name of Jesus. I'm not deficient in any area. I'm not over the level in any area. My sugar is perfect in the name of Jesus. Oh, so you're confessing your way into that. No, I'm confessing what I am. Not trying to make something happen. I'm declaring what's happened. Glory to God. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He's faithful that promised. Mm. See, after I'm convinced, my confession will bear it out. My confession will bear out that I'm convinced. The word profession... In, in almost every uh, uh, concordance that you look at or every lexicon that you look at, it, it will have in parentheses beside that word profession, confession. All right? Confession. But the word profession means what one professes or acknowledges. See, the word profession has come to mean something in our day that it didn't mean then. When you say, what's your profession today, means what do you do? When you ask somebody at this time, what's your profession, it means what do you believe? What are you going to say? 
What's your confession? Amen. And in the perfect context, when you read this here in Hebrews chapter 10, he's talking about things that the church should do. He's talking about let us draw near. Uh, let us consider one another. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And right there in the middle of that, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. And the perfect context is the profession of our faith in Christ. Don't let go of that. But it, it covers the whole gamut of faith. All right? Hallelujah. I'm to confess or to acknowledge what I'm convinced of. If I'm convinced of it, I'm to acknowledge it. See, that's one of the workings of faith. If you're persuaded, you acknowledge it. We, we've used the subject of healing. If you believe you're healed, if you're convinced you're healed, then you acknowledge that you are healed irregardless of symptoms. See, it's not just keeping a positive vibe. It's not just keeping a positive outlook or a positive confession. You're not just being positive. You're declaring, you're acknowledging what you are. I am this. I am healed. And you're acknowledging that. Now, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but here's, here's where a lot of people miss it. They, they try to confess something into existence that they're not convinced of. Your confession won't convince you. Only the Word and the faith that comes from the Word will convince you. I've got to be convinced from the Word and then say what I'm convinced of. And that's why you'll see people, they'll say, well, I, I've been declaring that and nothing's moved. You're not convinced. And here's what people say, well, that's why right there, that's the problem right there. You're confessing the Word, but then you're saying nothing's moved. Why is nothing moving? Why isn't that confession moving anything? Not convinced. Amen. When we declare we're healed, we're acknowledging that we've received healing. When we declare we're blessed, we're acknowledging that we've received it. When we declare our children are saved, we've, we're acknowledging that we've received our children saved. Is that right? Amen. We're acknowledging that we have what we have said. And many people say, well, you know, how can I say I'm healed when I'm not? And that's part of the reason they're not. is because they don't see themselves healed. Not because they're saying they're not healed. They're saying they're not healed because they don't see themselves healed. Mm. Remember what Abraham did? He hoped against hope. Why did he call himself the father of many nations? Because he saw himself as the father of many nations. He was convinced. That's what the scripture says, Romans chapter 4. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. He did not weaken in faith. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Is that right? But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And what did he do? He called himself what God called him. He called himself the father of many nations. Why? Because 
uh, uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, says Abraham believed God. That's when he became convinced. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? Then he said, notice, we're to hold fast to this confession. That word means to seize on to or to hold down, to keep in memory. So, so I, gotta, I got to seize this. I got to hold it down. I got to keep this in my memory. No, 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 I'm healed. No, 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 I'm blessed. I have victory. I'm victorious. Keep that in your memory. Seize on to that. Now see, a lot of people in our circles will say, yes, 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 keep your confession right. That's not what I'm talking about. If you think that's what I'm talking about, you're not listening to me. All right? He's, he's talking about something you believe that you're convinced of. I see so many people that are trying to convince themselves through what they're saying. And that's frustrating. But when you are convinced, it's the easiest thing in the world to say it. Because I'm convinced. Amen. And then he said, without wavering. Now this word wavering here, it's only used one time in the whole Bible, right here. It's not the same word wavering that you find in James. It's not the word uh, uh, that we find in Romans 4 that, that means wavering, right? Where it says that uh, 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 Abraham wasn't moved, right, by what he saw. This word wavering, it means not leaning, unmoved, or firm. Not leaning. All right? So that means that, for instance, you go to the doctor in faith and you get a bad report. He says, don't lean toward the bad report. Hold fast to your profession. What did you say? What have you been convinced of? Amen. Now that's the, right there, that sounds elementary. But it's at the moment of a report, good or bad, that the victory's won or lost. You say, how do I know? I've, I've, sit in the, I've sit in the doctor's office with people and, and heard them talk about how God was healing them and how they had the victory, and then they got a bad report from the doctor, and by the time we get, got to the car, they were ready to die. By the time we got to the car. Well, what happened? In that doctor's office, they leaned toward the bad report. Bad reports are going to come. I'm not telling you to look for bad reports. They're just going to come. They're going to shut up to, to show up. Things that, 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 that are infiltrated by the curse are going to show up in our lives as believers. Our job, hold fast the profession of our faith and don't waver. That's our job. That's walking by faith. Amen. Do you see this? So this tells us the importance of our, of our confession where faith is concerned. I am to be unmoved from what I'm confessing. This is what I believe. And I'm not going to be moved from that. See, the devil wants to separate you from your confession. Right? This, this is what I believe. That this is my confession. This is what I'm convinced of. He wants to separate you from that. And he se tries to separate us from that from what we can see by what we can see, by what we can hear, by what we can feel. 
Bad reports from the doctor. Financial reports that are negative. Why are they so powerful? You can see them. You can hear them. They're real. Amen. If, if you've ever looked at your finances and saw a deficit, that's real. That's a real negative number. But see, it doesn't affect you the way it affects other people if you're convinced that you're prosperous. Because that will change. Right? Because my confession is I have more than enough. Right? My confession is I have ample supply in every situation. I have given, therefore it's given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over God causes men to give into my bosom. All my need are met according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil wants to separate you from what you're convinced of. Separate you from your confession. See, don't lean towards what you don't want. If you don't want it, don't lean towards it. Stand firm. Stand unmovable. Amen. Don't, don't lean towards that. Well, well, how do I lean towards that? Thinking on it. Pondering it. Mulling it over and over and over again. Amen. Talking it to other people. Well, this is what the doctor said. They, they told me that, you know, there's nothing wrong with sharing a report, but you want to share a report with people that are convinced. Am I helping you? So don't lean towards what you don't want. Hold fast to your confession without wavering. In other words, if you're saying it today, we're going to hear you saying it tomorrow. If you're saying it tomorrow, we're going to hear you saying it next week. Because that's what you're convinced of. When people walk away from you, they should walk away saying things like, you know, they're convinced they're healed. They're convinced everything's going their way. Hallelujah. And the next time they see you, you should be just as convinced. Oh, hallelujah. And then he said, why? One of the reasons why. Because he who promised is faithful. Hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering because he that promised is faithful. What does that mean? If you'll hold fast to what you're saying, God will do what he said. But, but I got to hold fast to what I'm saying. Is that right? I hold fast my confession because he who promised is faithful. He will do what he said. Amen. My confession, what I acknowledge is, is one of the main things God has to work with where my situation is concerned. My confession. That's one of the main things God has to work with. Notice here in Numbers chapter 14. I want you to see this. I've had people tell me uh, recently, you know, Pastor, some things you're saying on faith, that's a whole new look at it. No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. We, we can get into such a vein of, of just, I, I've noticed this in some of our circles. We can get in a vein of thinking a certain way 
And when we read a scripture, we don't stop and read what the scripture's saying. Right? When, when you start quoting Hebrews 11.1 1 in our Word of Faith circles, people don't even look at their Bible. I'm not saying you. I'm saying people. Other people. Some other people somewhere else. I've watched people sit back and they're like, yeah, yeah, faith is a substance thing. They need everything. They need things to change in their life. And you're talking the answer. And they're going, yeah, yeah, faith is a substance. What pastor preached on that? You know faith. I mean, he preached on faith. He always preaching on faith. I mean, faith, faith, faith. Man opens his mouth. It's faith, faith, faith. Then, then things ought to change, change, change. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And remember, I'm not talking about you. That's other people. It's somebody else. Right? You go home and they say, what pastor preached on you? You say, faith, my God, faith, faith, faith. My faith is built again. Hallelujah. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, it's when, when, when you hear, when, when, when Pastor Caldwell taught for a solid year on uh, no more limits, right? Man, you, you would have thought that in Word of Faith circles, we would have known all there was to know about the Scriptures, about being more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ, right? But as he broke that down, it was like, dear God, where have I been? Right? I mean, I would look at those verses and think, I don't know nothing. But I learned I was a Nike man. I learned there were no limits in my life if I wouldn't accept them. Is that right? Those were the same scriptures people had heard. It, it changed my life. It changed my life. The things that we're sharing in these, in these services, they're things you're going to go back to over and over and over again, and they'll make an indelible imprint on your life if you'll just take it and say, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do it. Amen. Numbers 14, verse 27. I want, I want you to see something here. And uh, now this, of course, is when the children of Israel uh, had uh, refused to go into the promised land. And I want you to notice something here. Verse 27, how long will I bear with this evil congregation that murmurs against me? I have heard, everybody say heard. I have heard the murmurings. That word murmurings is mumble, low mumbling speech. All right? And he said, I've heard them that they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Now you can say, I will allow it. But he's, notice what he said. So as you have spoken. What were they constantly saying? We're going to die in the wilderness. Brought us out here to die. God said, I want to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Brought us out here to die. Going to die in the wilderness. Our children are going to die in the wilderness. Right? And God, in His mercy, would correct them and chasten them and kind of get them back on the right track. And the next day, they would say the same thing. But notice what I'm saying. They would say. Now notice, they held fast to their confession. They were convinced 
that they were going to die in the wilderness. Amen. They stood at the edge of the Red Sea. They saw Pharaoh and his entire army drown. They wrote a song about it. The horse and the rider are overthrown in the sea. The women, Miriam the prophetess, had a tambourine. Must be related to Sister Tracy. And she was that right out shouting and dancing and, and, and right, oh, look at the great things God has done. The next day, the next day, the next morning, you brought us out here to die. And they just did that over and over and over again. God's will, what was his will? Take them into the promised land. God's will could not override the words they held fast to. God's will for you cannot override your confession that you hold fast to. Amen. And see, it's not just something negative. It can be negative. And, and, and most things that God can't override are negative. Why can He not override them? Watch this. It's my confession. My confession bears out what I believe. Mm. See, it's mine. Those are my words. Those are not God's words. That's why he said, remember what he said in the book of Isaiah? He said, he said let the wicked man forsake his thoughts and, and let the evil man forsake his ways. For my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So what's he saying? Replace your ways and your thoughts with my thoughts. Amen. I, and I've got to replace my words. He said in the Old Testament, he said, the word that I have put in your mouth, it will not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed seed from henceforth and forever. That's why he said generationally, he said, teach them what to say. Teach them how to talk about me. Teach them how to declare the right thing. Why? Because they're going to need to hold fast to that. That's why you see David, when he was in a hard time, he would say things like, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my hiding place. When Saul was bearing down on him and trying to kill him, David said, the Lord will take care of me. I will lay down and I will sleep and the Lord will sustain me. And he said that over and over and over again, why did he say it? He believed it. He's the one that said in Psalm 116.10, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. Paul didn't say that. David said it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Words are an indicator of what I believe. See, hear this. No one would say, I desire to be sick. Not in their right mind. But that same person has to be convinced they're healed. And then hold fast to that confession. Amen. The children of Israel did not desire to die in the wilderness. But they did because of the words they held fast to. We're going to die. We're going to die. God don't care about us. We're going to die. Hallelujah. Now, look at, at, at Job chapter 1. I'm hurrying a little bit.
Now, for the sake of time, of course, in Job chapter 5, it's talking about uh, Job's children, and they would have these feasts or parties for each of their birthdays. And notice it says, when the days of their feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings and sacrifices according to the number of them all. For Job said, notice, Job said, Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Every birthday, Job did that. Well, what did he do? He said that and did that. So what's on Job's mind? My sons have sinned. They've cursed God. I, Job was doing the right thing out of fear, not out of faith. And his words bore that out. I'm doing this because I'm afraid. And he did that continually. Look, look at Job 3 and 25. For the thing which I greatly feared is come on me. Is that right? And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Well, the only thing the Bible implicitly tells us that Job was afraid of was his children dying. This other stuff happened because that's what the devil does. He always overplays his hand. In stealing, killing, and destroying, he'll steal, kill, and destroy everything you have if he gets one open door. Amen. And Paul, uh, Paul, Job opened the door through his fear. And because, see, fear is being convinced of the bad thing just like faith is being convinced of the right thing. If you're afraid of something, you're convinced it can harm you. Have you ever wondered why people would be afraid of mice? I mean, honestly. I mean, what's that mouse going to do? Run up your leg and grab your jugular? I mean, right? I was, I was walking through the Johnson County Adult Detention Center one day going to my class, and I had a, a, a big... Uh, uh, sheriff's deputy beside me and when I say big he was big I mean he's about a yard wide but not I mean there, there wasn't no fat on him it was all muscle tall guy and, and I knew him I liked him I, I, I did a class there for about 12 years and I liked him and one day we were walking down the hall at the new center that they had and all of a sudden I heard this wail beside me a scream I thought he had been replaced by a lady deputy Honestly, I heard, oh, oh, and I, I, I looked down and he goes, look, and there's a spider on the floor. And I, honestly, my face was like, I'm like, you know what I did? I went, and he went up to that spider and he went, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I hate spiders. Oh! I thought, surely, when he started screaming, I thought, it's a, it's a break. Somebody has tased him. Some, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm ready. Right? 
It was a spider. I'm not, I'm not overplaying that. He was convinced somehow that that spider could harm him. Big six foot four, yard wide, strapping, muscular man, probably lived in the gym. Scared of that spider. He was convinced. Amen. That's why I say all the time, I'm not afraid of nothing. I'm not afraid of nothing. Amen. You're not afraid of anything. Oh, glory. Why? Because notice he said, I fear to fear, and it came on me. I got five minutes. I'm watching my time. Now, what's the primary way that we would know you're afraid? Unless I see you react, I wouldn't know you were afraid of anything if you didn't tell me. What was Job saying by his words every time he sacrificed? I'm afraid. My children have sinned. I'm afraid something's going to happen to them. I'm afraid. And I'll hear Christians. I know they're well-meaning. They'll come and talk to me about their family. I, I want you to pray with me that they'll change because I'm just afraid if they keep going. Well, right, right, right there, right there, you better change that. I'm not afraid that my family won't be saved. Matter of fact, I'm convinced they will all serve God. I mean, that's a good place for you to say that. Say, I'm convinced that my family will all serve God. Amen. My grandchildren, say it, my grandchildren will serve God. My great-grandchildren will serve God. Generation after generation will serve God. And that's what you're convinced of. Now, let me hurry. Our words give God something to work with, and our words give the devil something to work with. In uh, Matthew chapter 8, I believe I'm helping you. Matthew chapter 8. You know, don't, don't make faith hard. You know, there's a difference between pressure and straining. If you're straining, something's about to break. Right? Because your faith is up to the pressure. You got the shield of faith out in front of you, and here's the thing, it's your faith. You're connected to it. So you can feel the flaming missiles of the enemy hitting that shield. But they're hitting the shield, not you. But what a lot of people do is the pressure, the pressure freaks them out. It's just pressure. I've heard people say nothing like financial pressure. Oh, yeah, there is. Go to the doctor and get a bad diagnosis. There's, there's, there's worse pressure than financial pressure. But it's against your faith. It's hitting your faith. And your faith does what? It absorbs and extinguishes every flaming missile of the enemy. You don't strain with faith. Faith's doing the work. You're just holding fast to your faith. You're taking the shield of faith and putting it out in front of you. That's why Ephesians 6 says that faith is a stand. That make sense? Amen. Matthew 8, 
And this is when uh, the man brought his son to the disciples. They couldn't cast them out. Jesus said it was because they didn't have faith. Jesus said that. I didn't. I, I just want you to be aware of that. Hallelujah. Well, now this is actually the centurion. I'm sorry. We're going to get to that guy with his son. The centurion, remember the centurion came to Jesus? And he said uh, in verse 8, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Is that right? And notice what Jesus said, verse 10, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. What did he base the condition of this man's faith on? What he said. Is that right? And then verse 13, go your way, and as you have believed. How do you know what he believed? By what he said. As you have believed. In other words, we could say it this way. You believe what you said, so go home, he's healed. Amen. See, that's how you know what you've been standing for is going to happen, because you believed it and you said it. That's how you know. And then once you've believed it and you've said it, don't back off what you've believed and said. Amen. Mark chapter 5. And uh, verse 35. This is when Jairus had came to Jesus. And remember what Jairus said in verse 23? He said, my daughter's lying at home at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Is that what he said? Amen. Verse 35, while he spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain that said, your daughter is dead. Uh-oh. Bad report. Right? Why do you trouble the master? Further. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe what? What you said. I'm, I'm still on my way to your house. And you said you believed. If I'd come lay hands on your daughter, she'd be healed and live. Don't let go of that. Right? The Amplified Bible says don't be seized with fear. Well, 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 what does that mean? I can be seized with faith, and if I choose to lay my faith down, I can be seized with fear. Fear and faith do not coexist. They will never coexist, because faith is conviction. Faith is persuasion. Faith is being convinced that what you believe is true. Fear is doubt. Fear is, well, this could happen. Fear is, well, that might happen. Faith is only faith is faith is focused on what God said would happen, not on what else might happen. Fear will bring you 25 different scenarios about how you can fail. Fear will bring you 18 different ways you can die from what the doctor said. Right? Faith stays focused on that one thing. No matter what the doctor says, I'm healed. Is that right? Think, think about that. That's how powerful the Word of God and your faith is. If they say cancer, faith says I'm healed. If they say 
whatever, faith says, I'm healed. If they say MS, God say, faith says, I'm healed. If they say Alzheimer's, faith says, I'm healed. If they say Lou Gehrig's, faith says, I'm healed. And I've watched more than one, more than five, more than ten, more than probably 15 or 20 people of most of those diseases be healed because they held fast to the confession of their faith. Amen. Glory be to God. I've, been, I've watched people the doctor gave up for dead be in church the next week. Why? Because it, you hold fast to the confession of your faith. I know a lady right now that has stood for three solid years confessing the word against cancer that was trying to ravage her body. And cancer could never get a solid foothold and ever take her out. Because she wouldn't let go of the confession of her faith, of what she believed. But I watched that woman come to our church when she started coming to church, and she had mobility issues. The devil was trying to destroy her through MS and through these other things, and her limbs would seize up. And I came, I came walking back one day. You know, I got an a MBWA degree, Brother Bill. It's management by walking around. Amen. And, and I, was, I was managing by walking around to the children's department to see what they were doing. And I, and I heard this female voice uh, 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 around the corner. And I heard it saying, No, you don't, Mr. Devil. You let go of my legs in Jesus' name. I'm the healed of the Lord. And I came around, and it was Bonnie Groninger standing there telling her legs, You move in Jesus' name. You move in Jesus' name. And I watched those legs unseize, and she saw me and said, Good morning. How are you, Pastor? I said, Just as good as you. Amen. Hallelujah. People say, yeah, but it took three years. Cancer free. Amen. And wasn't moved by what the doctor said. Wasn't moved by the diagnosis. Wasn't moved by the, well, we need to do this treatment. And she said, well, doctor, you just do the treatment. I'm believing Jesus. Amen. In other words, don't be afraid that this changes what you said. Keep believing what you said. It won't change anything. I'm healed. Yeah, but they found this. I don't care. I don't change anything. I'm healed. Oh, glory. Isn't that great? Now, one last one. You got time for one more? Mark 9. It won't take me very long. I need to get home like you because my wife's coming in. She's flying in from Cleveland, Ohio. Praise God. Amen. She went to do an uh, interview on CTN, Christian Television Network. Uh, one of the, the ladies asked her to come be on her show. And so she's been there. And me and Lily have been waiting on Mama. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mark 9. Verse 21, this is the man I was talking about. How long ago, Jesus said, is it since this came on him? He said, of a child. And oft times it cast him into the fire of the water to destroy him. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. The Weiss Bible says, Jesus said to him, as for those words of yours, if you are able. All things are possible to the one that believes. So here's what Jesus is saying. 
The issue's not with my power or my faith. I'm a believing one. The issue's not with me. In other words, I need your faith. See, God needs my faith and He needs my words. And if I will be convinced and hold fast to what I'm convinced of, what Hebrews 10 say, God is faithful. Isn't that great? Amen. And then the Father said, I am believing. Right? He, he responded correctly. Lord, I believe. Right? And, and if there's an area I have unbelief, help me. Help me what? Believe. See, tonight, I'm helping you believe. I'm just helping you believe. Amen. And, and I'll close with this. I, I've, I've watched this over the years. I've watched people get under such a guilt trip. And such a condemnation because they've got to go to the doctor or because they've got to go have a treatment or they've got to go have something done. Well, dear heart, that doesn't mean you don't have faith. I got kind of quiet. I've had people tell me, well, if, you, if they had faith, they wouldn't have went to the doctor. Well, that's a damnable lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'll say it one more time just so you know I mean it. That's a lie. What did I say? A damnable lie. Amen. Why? Because what you believe is not hindered by what you may hear. Peter said I needed to add to my faith knowledge. Is that right? Amen. And people struggle with their faith. And the struggle is, well, should I go to the doctor or should I not? <laughs> well, the fact that you're asking means go. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? This is so important. And, and don't let the enemy beat you up with the challenge you faced. And the things that you may have walked through. Listen, you're, you're here. Your faith won. Yeah, but I wish I hadn't had to go to the doctor. Well, why? I mean, what did change? Nothing. Nothing. I've, I've had people come to me and they'll say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in such pain. I want you to agree with me. Well, Jesus did bear your pain. But have you went to the doctor? I don't want to go to the doctor yet. I don't, I don't want to wade through all that unbelief. Well, now, wait a minute. We already got a problem because you're hurting. Right? What, what if they could give you a little something to help you? I mean, how much more could you focus on the things of God if you weren't hurting so bad? Well, the doctor told me they could fix this, you know, but I'd really like God to do it. Well, I mean, I understand that, but faith is honest. Are you convinced that you can believe that thing well? If you're not, go let the doctor help you. And don't be condemned. Why? Because 
the, on, the, the only thing the Bible talks about that we should, that, that could condemn us is our past and sins from our past and what we used to be. Amen. I've had people ask me, if you was in my position, what would you do? Go to the doctor. Go get some help. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing good. And, you know, what do I need to do? The doctor said they could do something and help me. Well, go let them. You're seeing clear? Go let them help you. Hallelujah. So I'm helping you believe. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having trouble hearing some syllables and, and, and you know, but, but I, you know, I, I, people look at me funny if I get some hearing aids. Who cares? They look at you funny or because you're always going, eh? My wife told me one day, maybe you need to get some hearing aids. I said, what'd you say? You say, you got them? Yeah, I got them. Got them at home. Don't, don't wear them when I'm preaching a lot because they, 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 they make me feel like I'm in a barrel. Well, what's that say about you? <laughs> I'm smart. I want to hear my wife. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Do, do you understand that? Don't, don't be beat up by that. Go in faith. Leave in faith. Received by faith. The Bible says that do everything you do in the name of Jesus. If you got to go to the doctor, go in the name of Jesus. Go get your physical in the name of Jesus. And don't fear what they might find. If you got to go get something checked out, go in the name of Jesus. I've, I've watched people over the years wait until it was almost too late and then try to exercise their faith. You, listen, go now. Go right now. Get the help you need and believe God that you won't have to do it anymore. Let's stand up tonight. Amen. I've preached too long.